Hello and welcome to the Dog Zone. You're looking to Husky football in 2018. I'm your host, Alec Dietz. I'm again joined by Josh Kirschenbaum, our sports editor. Josh, how you doing? Recovering from the flight back? I'm a little tired, but I'm doing all right, huh? <laughs> Long trip uh, to Santa Clara for you. Did you, you flow up Thursday? Uh, yeah, we flew in yeah, Thursday afternoon, got in, got dinner, game Friday. Flew out at 7.30 a.m. on Saturday, so... Oh, gosh. Got to sleep at 9 o'clock last night, and I slept for 12 hours. Oh, jeez. Yeah, that very much was Apple Cup for me. I think I was like, oh, I'll go to bed at, like, 10 when I got back, and then I slept in until, like, noon. I was like, oh, my gosh, it's noon. Yeah. Uh, Woke up, and I saw that there was, like, 12 minutes until the bowl announcements were made, the playoff announcements were made. I was like, oh, I have 12 minutes to write that article. <laughs> Speaking of bowl announcements, uh, the Huskies had a pretty big win against Utah again this past week, 17th ranked. Probably was the ugliest football game of all time. At yeah. least that's what Twitter and uh, the media will have you believe. Was it the ugliest football game it of all time? It was one of the ugliest football games of all time. <laughs> Tell us about it. I mean, really, and it's something we haven't talked about a whole lot in the past few weeks. This game was just a sign of what having a good kicker can do for you because if Washington has a kicker that is consistent from 45 yards this game is not I mean it's not great but it's probably 16 to 3 or 19 to 3 and it's really a lot less close than the score predicts because I mean you look at the numbers Washington's offense was moving the ball at least some of the time I mean they had I think four drives that went longer than six minutes they had four drives that went 10 plays or more but they just kept getting in and I mean Everybody talks about the Washington defense. You can move the ball until it gets to, until the field shrinks down, and you got to hit those plays against defenses that can stack up a little more. And Washington's defense is great at stopping that, and Utah's defense was great at stopping that. So Washington just kept stalling out around the 30-yard line, 35-yard line, the 25-yard line, and Coach Peterson went for Chris Peterson went for it on fourth down and time, and they didn't get it all the time. I mean, you see a lot of you see a lot. They had a lot of drives that were really good, and they lasted a lot, long time. But then you get to the 35, 30, 25 yard line, and you just get one negative play, stack up, uh, one negative play, two negative plays, or you just can't quite get to the first down marker. You have to go for go for it instead of kicking maybe a longer field goal, and that's what Peterson was electing to do pretty much every time. Yeah, well, and uh, and then judging by that last decision, I mean. Well, the last, the field goal that was blocked, what was that, 39? Yeah. That 39 yards. Um, but that was one where, like, you had to kick that. Yeah. Like, there really wasn't a choice. I thought it was interesting that he went for, I think, on fourth down the first time, on the first drive of the game. That would have been, I believe, a, you can look it up. You see it on, yeah, I was surprised they didn't go for to kick it on the first drive. That would have been a 40-yard field goal. Mm. Uh, and But early on in the game, that would have been a 3 nothing, and three points, as that game turned out, was a lot. Um, but yeah, they kind of hit that wall, and I mean, you saw Utah. Utah's only points came on a 53-yard field goal. That ball would not have gone. That wouldn't have been good if it was one yard back. That barely snuck in. But you have that type of weapon, and I mean, I saw. I don't remember who tweeted it out, but it was a really uneven game because Washington pretty much had to get the ball to like the 10-yard line, and Utah had to get it to the 30. Yeah. And it's really amazing that the UW defense held and won under that circumstances. Yeah, I think I saw the stat where Utah. The furthest Utah was able to drive was the UW 36-yard line, yeah, something like which that. is just an incredible stat all game long. I mean, and they still managed to tie the UW offense. Yeah. Wow. And that's incredible, too. And even then, I mean, you talk about the defense coming up big. Utah's driving at the end of the second quarter, at the end of the half, mm-hmm. and that sack by Taylor Rapp probably saves a field goal. It saves a field goal. And 
Kyle Whittingham's decision not to take a shot to the end zone, which will, is now kind of one of the head scratchers. But, yeah. Defense comes up big, and obviously, I mean, we wouldn't be able to talk. We wouldn't be able to do this game justice if we didn't talk about Byron Murphy obviously in this not. game. Um, really, the whole defense was the star, but yeah, The whole Murphy. defense, but, I mean, I mean this, this guy um, had an incredible game against Utah earlier this season and um, continuing to give, you know, Troy Taylor – um, and that Utah offense fits. Oh, yeah. Um, can't throw to his side of the field. And, and then, you know, the ball kind of bounces his way on the interception for the pick six. But um, the other interception was a great catch. And, um, I mean, all those DBs just played yeah. a really, really, really good game against this Utah team. Yeah, I mean, you look at, obviously, the Utah wasn't exactly doing anything at all the first half. But their possessions in the second half, they had the one where they got to the 36-yard line and got three points out of it. And then you see interception, 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 turnover, turnover, turnover on downs. Yeah, kind of speaks for itself. And you know, I think that uh, the defense and the defense is, is what's carried this team all year long. And you know, you take away um, Jake Browning being pulled in the Cal game, they almost single-handedly won that game. Yeah, and, and I mean, they almost single-handedly won a few games for you. And I mean, that was I remember I wrote after the Cal game, like I wrote an article that was like, "What didn't UW do in that game?" And one of the points was kind of facetiously well the defense didn't do absolutely everything and this was a game where the defense did absolutely everything for them yeah Um, yeah and I think it was that was big because you look at the game like I leaned over in the press box to some of the writers next to me I was like this has ASU vibes this has Cal vibes all over it and the knock on UW has been big games close games and this was finally a big game and it was a close game and it was a game where not everything went their way and they were able to grind out a gritty one-possession win. And that's been something that may maybe has been lacking these past couple of years. Yeah. Well, and the difference, I think, between this game and the on the defensive side of the ball between this game and the games against Cal and Arizona State is the turnovers. Yeah. That, that was really the difference was you talked about, yeah, the defense did just about everything except in those two games getting the turnovers. Mm-hmm. I don't believe they turned Cal over. Nope. And I think in the Arizona State game last year, Did. they didn't turn them over nope. either. Um, I mean, turnover numbers, I think I saw going into the Stanford game, UW had forced nine turnovers. Since then, they forced 11. Yeah, which is an, also an incredible stat. So anyway, really big win. Um, obviously, beating a team twice is hard to do. UW did it. Um, and no matter how ugly the game was, no matter what the outside perceptions are of anything. Um, Luckily, the Pac-12 has a automatic bid. Automatic bid, yeah. You know, you can't argue against that. I think I saw something where some Wazoo fans were arguing, but it's like, you know, when you lose the lose the Apple Cup and UW wins in the Pac-12 championship game, there's really no arguments that can be made. It's not subjective. Nope. So here UW is. Uh, they're going to be taking on uh, Ohio State, who yeah. is a team that is upset <laughs> about where they are. They're 12-1, and the Big Ten champions. They're only lost coming to Purdue earlier this season um a lot of ohio state fans think they should have gotten in over the oklahoma sooners who got in at the four spot um and even ahead of georgia georgia actually finished ahead of them i believe and that was done in the um college football playoff rankings so big time matchup uh your first thoughts when you heard that was what was going to be happening i can't imagine if you're a uw fan you really like this matchup ohio state is going to be the best team that washington has played Probably since Alabama two years ago, I think they're better than that. Penn, this Penn State team, I think, is really interesting because that offense is dynamic, and no matter how good the UW secondary is, this is still the best offense 
probably in the country. Yeah. Um, and it's the best passing offense aside from Wazoo, but unlike Wazoo, it has a running or has a run game. Yes, and, and no knock on Wazoo, they have better athletes. At and Ohio they State. oh, they definitely have better athletes. Um, they have a better game plan. The defense has its flaws, so I think it's kind of like it's. I'll say it. It's the best. Um, it may quote, well be the best offense in the country versus the best defense in the country, or one of the best defenses in the country. And then a defense with flaws against an offense with flaws. I think, in terms of who UW had a better chance against, I think it, as a fan, I would have rooted hard for Ohio State to make the playoff, and then take your chances in a gritty, grinded out game. I figure against a team like Michigan, you could play the same game as the Pac-12 championship. I don't think the Rose Bowl is going to be the same game as the Pac-12 championship. No. Um, Far from it. Also, Ohio State is definitely upset. They have cause to be upset. I don't think they're right. I think Oklahoma was the better team is the better team to go in. But I don't think you have it. I don't think there's the possibility really of a team like Ohio State not feeling it. Like I mean, I was looking. I was doing research on the Rose Bowl, and I remember on the Rose Bowl page, there's like a quote. I think it was Bo Schembechler who basically, when they instituted the BCS back in I think it was the 90s. Mm-hmm. Something along, said something along the lines of team Big Ten teams that get into the BCS championship to t- should turn it down because the Rose Bowl's the Rose Bowl pretty much. Yeah, and like y- you don't have trouble getting hyped up for it's the Rose Bowl. It's the Rose Bowl. Yeah. Well, it's like especially I mean, it's a Big Ten. It's Pac-12. Yeah. You don't, it doesn't have anything like last year where it was a Big Twelve team and an SEC team or ACC team. Big Twelve team and an SEC team. Yeah. Who, I mean, yeah, it's a big game, but it means a lot less to them. This is what like college football is all about it's new year's first in pasadena yep you have no trouble getting your players hyped for this at yeah. all yeah well and two years ago for example penn state misses out on the playoff yeah um in in lieu of actually u-dub ironically but they come out to play and they play a really really good rose bowl game against usc yeah and that kind of that traditional rose bowl matchup um but this is the second straight year ohio state is missing out on the playoff when a lot of their fans think uh, like i agree with you i don't think they deserved it this year there was arg- more, I think, more argument to be made last season, even though Alabama did end up winning the national championship. Uh, and it's hard to put a two-loss... I guess it's hard to put a two-loss champion over a one-loss non-champion mm-hmm. if that champ- non-champion is Alabama. Yeah. But they go and play USC and smack USC around in the uh, Cotton Bowl yep. um, in what was kind of a, a Rose Bowl Quasi type Rose Bowl, yeah. yeah. So I think Buckeye fans are probably looking at this matchup thinking it might be some of the same old thing, you know, Washington kind of having a similar year to USC last year where there's a lot of playoff expectations. I think both teams sustained uh, three losses over the season, disappointing year. So we'll see how it plays out. But I think, I mean, if you're a UW fan, obviously you probably think you have a better chance against a team like Michigan, but you're also looking to get a marquee win. You know, I mean, Coach Pete has not won a big bowl game here at UW. If this goes down as a loss in the Rose Bowl, then the Huskies will be 0-3 in all of their New Year's Six games. And Jake Browning and Miles Gaskin, as accomplished as those two guys are, would be one and three in bowl games. I mean, I think that means something. You, you can't hear me shrugging, but yeah. I think it means something. It might mean something. I don't think it means as much as the other numbers, but okay. Winning as quarterback in Pac-12 history, and he goes one and three in bowl games, and the one win was against Southern Miss. So what does that say, I guess, about the Pac-12? I think it That's says a more whole about, other podcast. I think it says more about the Pac-12, and that is a whole other podcast. Yeah, so... As a team that has definitely been playing up to their expectations, yeah. So that's a that's the winningest quarterback in Pac-12 history, whose losses are to the number one team in the country, the team that had playoff expectations, and a team that should have been in the playoff. Possibly, I mean, it's not exactly. I mean, have they been favored in any of those games? No, no, no. So I mean, there's that. 
But as a fan, obviously, you probably look to at yeah. least get one of those. I would. I think the other thing as a fan, and definitely if they win this game, but like you talk, it, it's hard to. I mean, it's, I feel like I grew up in the Pac-12 culture, and it's hard to label any season when you go to the Rose Bowl as a disappointment. Yeah. Like even in the era of the playoff, if you go to the Rose Bowl, you're having a good season. If you win yeah. your conference and you go to Pasadena, that's a success. Yeah. No matter who you are. Yeah. Well, I mean, even USC, when, you know, they went on that huge tear in 2016, beat UW. I mean, if that team, you know, gets their act together at the beginning of the season, that might be a playoff team. But their consolation is they get to go so play, play in the, the Rose, Rose Bowl. Bowl. Yeah. And they win the Rose Bowl. Uh, so, like, I don't think USC fans were upset by any means by the end of that year, even though they missed out on the playoff. Yeah, I mean, you could. I guess you could think of it this way. Washington could have gone 10-0 and and then... Lost to lost to Stanford and then lost to Wazoo, and then not made the Pac-12 championship game, and we'd be looking at the Alamo Bowl. So yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and that's the there's a big drop off, right? Like if UW doesn't win this game against Utah or doesn't beat Washington State, they're going to the the Alamo or the Holiday Bowl yeah. instead of the Rose Bowl. I think obviously fans have to be thrilled with this result, and you know we'll see what happens in the game against a. A really, really, really good opponent. Should be a top five team. Mm-hmm. Is that it? Anything else to say? Quick shout out to Britton Covey. Get healthy, man. Yeah. yeah if it's Dude's a warrior. See, tough to see him on crutches. I saw it. We were wondering if this game was going to be a continuation of the game in September, and it was, but that dude has more heart than anybody I've seen. Yeah. Just getting back up after all those hits. Yeah. So we'll see him next year, hopefully. See him next year. All right, this has been The Dog Zone. Thanks, Josh, for joining me this week. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me again. Are we going to have one of these on location in Pasadena, anything? Uh, that'd be kind of fun. I'll look into it. I can ask uh, our podcast editor, Didi, if that's a possibility. Can we tease that here? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. It would have to be, what, the 31st? Yeah, or we could do one right after. Or right after the game. In the press box. In the press box. That could be a thing. Yeah, that could be a thing. TD, where are you going to be at? Stay tuned. January 1st. Stay tuned, folks. All right. This has been The Dog Zone. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll see you. Well, we might see you uh, January 1st, or we might see you just a little bit after, but uh, we got a month off. It's been a great season. Thanks if you've been listening. I uh, appreciate it. And then also tune in. Uh, we got Boxy coming out this Thursday. We're trying to get... Jenny Mos- Jenna Moser from the women's basketball team on um, for our season finale. So stay tuned for that.